Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Osiris. What's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. We're on? Is this on? Check, check. Guess who just got back today? (laughs) Them wild-eyed boys. They've been away. We've been away for six uh, months. Yeah, at least. No, six months exactly. You're right. Six since months. A, unofficially. Six months since the Dead & Co. Eight months eight, since a true 36 from the vault. Eight months? Yeah. Eight months? What in the hell happened? <laughs> what took us so long? Well, you know, we had our we had a, a creative differences. We had a falling out. We had to go uh, explore our solo careers a little bit. Yeah, we actually uh, made a record. Uh, they filmed it. Um, it's going to be a documentary. The album that we recorded isn't out yet. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be twice as long as Get Back. <laughs> uh, we insisted that it's twice as long as Get Back. So it's going to be 16 hours, 16 hours from the vault. Uh, it was hell. Uh, yeah, we recorded all these episodes that were shelved. Right. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll hire Phil Spector to yeah. uh, clean those up. I'm going to turn uh, it into a big medley. 
that is just like 16 episodes in like 30 minutes. Now you're mixing you're mixing the uh, the analogies now because that's, that's an Abbey Road thing. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, this is not 36 Beatles from the vault. Clearly. Well, no. Well, I'll talk about Let It Be, hmm. and you're bringing an Abbey Road reference there. All right. Come on. I screwed it. This is why we need two rehearsals. That's why we're doing this. This is the rehearsal. You know, like, okay, so, by the way, it's 36 from the vault, presented by Osiris. My name is Steve, Mitch, whatever you want to call me. What's your Uh, name? My name is Rob, Mitch. Yeah, you're Uh, the Mitch. I'm the Mitch. You're the real Mitch. Yeah. Um, We have not done a show for a long time, so we figured that we should do some rehearsal episodes. We're doing three rehearsal episodes this week. They're shorter than our normal episodes. We're not going to make you sit here for like two and a half hours. Right. We're only going to be about a half hour, 40 minutes. But like when you combine all the episodes that we're doing this week, it'll be about two hours. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of us yabbering on and uh, yabbering. Is that a word? Yeah. Jabbering. Yabbering. Depends jabbering. on your, uh, yeah, your, your pronunciation. Yabba doing. Um, we should stay say up top, as you can tell from our, our nice graphics right down here. Uh, these two rehearsals are presented by the Skull and Roses Festival, uh, which is coming up. It's in April, April 7th through 10th. Uh, this is a festival out in California at the Ventura County Fairgrounds. Uh, the headliner is a man we've said a few words about, uh, Mr. Phil Lesh. Please, if you go to the Skull and Roses Festival, do not tell Phil about our long-running cop Phil. Phil is a cop joke. Yeah. We, want, we want Phil to be on our on our side and someday talk to us, perhaps. But, uh, yeah, Phil and friends. And don't stand on the seats. Possible. Don't stand on the seats yeah. either. Take Phil good care like of the Ventura County Fairgrounds. We, otherwise, Phil will have to uh, send you to your room, give you a timeout. I think that was Dick's Picks 2. That was, where, yeah. Where, where he yells at people for standing on the seats. And uh, this, I don't even, there's probably not even seats there. <laughs> yeah, saying, it is a fairgrounds, yeah. You're just, so. Yeah, you're just out in the open, but you know, uh, still pay proper respect to the grounds. That's uh, right. Pay so respect other, to Phil. Other bands at the Skull and Roses Fest: Dark Star Orchestra, one of the like original dead cover bands. Uh, you got O'Teal and Friends. Every bass player now needs to have an and friends side project, so you yeah. get to the O'Teal's uh, version of it. Yeah, Melvin Seals and JGB, Jackie Green, Keller Williams, Circles Around the Sun. Midnight North, which is Graham Lesh's band, so you get two Lesh's for the price of one. I want to stop you for a quick second. Do you think yeah. Phil and O'Teal are going to have like a little powwow because O'Teal replaced Phil essentially uh, in? Well, mm. it's not the Grateful Dead; it's Dead and Co. Do you right. think there's? Do you think there's going to be like you know opposing trailers at right. Skull and Roses? You know, there's going to be a little bit of uh, tension maybe between those guys. Throw down you, a little bass duel. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. whatever. No. Oh, that would be you something. Want- you want to be there for that. So, uh, yeah, if you want to check out the Skull and Roses Festival, skullandroses.com is where you can see the full lineup. They're announcing news all the way up until the festival. Uh, yeah, check it out April 7th through 10th. Yes. Uh, so the weekend after next in Ventura County, uh, California. So uh, check it out. And we are going to do something special for our first tour rehearsal. You want to yeah. talk about the format here? Yeah. So, again, you know, we're doing these rehearsals. It's kind of like when the dead did – fairly well in Chicago before they went to Chicago they did those rehearsals shows essentially in Santa Clara uh and they you know they made people pay to go so it wasn't like us we're we're giving these to you well, actually all of our episodes are free so it's not even any different from what we normally do but these are like the Santa Clara shows and uh I guess our last season if I can call it that this is like our, our extended fairly well yeah, you know this fourth season we're going to be fairly welling for about four months 
Right, we're like Coach K. We're doing like a season long uh, farewell tour where everybody has to give us gifts. That's along right. The way and do a a, a a dramatic montage of our career. We are we like through the final nine dick specs. We are Elliot Goulding. It is the long <laughs> goodbye, if you will. Uh, so, um, in this episode, we thought we would look back on our first three seasons by picking our favorite dicks picks that we've heard so far. But just to spice it up a little bit. This was yeah. Rob's idea, credit where it's due. He thought, why don't we do a draft where we pick our favorite dicks picks? We're going to do four each, and it will ensure that we're not just repeating because there's probably some dicks picks that we would, uh, you know, there'd be some crossover. Right. Um, so it'll make it a little interesting. You know, I'm thinking if I win the coin toss, trying to decide because I've got a pick in mind for number one right. already. Yeah. But I think I know what your number one is. And mm. I kind of think I'm going to take your number one. I see. Because I don't think you will guess what my number one is. So I think I, I think I can get your number one and my number one. I can drink your milkshake. <laughs> I drink my milkshake. That's my hope. You're right. You that can I, read me like a book, you think, Steve. You think we'll you know. See. You think you know where I'm going. Yeah, I got some gamesmanship, too. I've been thinking about this very hard. I'm thinking, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to pick your four favorite dicks picks. I, th- I feel like we've done that before in our in, in some episodes somewhere, but you know, I, I I want these to be you know I want there to be some stakes. Like I want to I want to imagine that you know the four dicks picks that I pick these are like my desert island dicks picks, and not only that, but you are forbidden from listening to the four dicks picks that Ooh. I pick, just as I am forbidden from listening to your four dicks picks. Okay, so look, I'm gonna get get myself into that fantasy world and think, you know, if I have to pick just four dicks picks to represent the whole series and take with me and also potentially uh, stick it to Steve at the same time. Yeah, exactly. how, how would I pack it? Yeah. This, so this, yeah. Is, this is about um, the, the ideal here is that we will uh, enrich ourselves while hurting the other person. Yeah. You know? exactly. And so we, we want to hurt each other here, but we want to help ourselves at the same time. <laughs> so um, before we get to that though, we, we, we want to do a quick mailbag here. Uh, we got, emails during our break i don't know why i don't know why you guys stuck with us but we're so <laughs> grateful for that people write us emails where the hell are you you know it's been eight months like what was going on when we went off the air i mean again we had that september episode but i think we ended at the end of july right of 2021 um can't even remember what was going on yeah the, the pandemic was over i think and uh <laughs> now it's over again it's just uh it's all yeah. A circle. yeah so let's get to our mailbag here uh do you want to read this one yeah i can take a crack at this let me call it up dust off the mailbag uh all right this comes from harvey in auburn alabama nice harvey asks alabama getaway that's right alabama getaway harvey here we go have y'all had any new revelations or changes in, uh, I think he means opinions, on the Grateful Dead during the break? For example, I no longer automatically piss break Bobby Blue's songs. I recently listened to the 7789 Little Red Rooster. Ah. It has great playing by Brent and Jerry. And of course, some hot, those quotes are doing a lot of work, Bobby Blue's slide guitar. I feel like there are some nuggets to unearth in these songs. Thank you, Harvey. 
So, uh, what do you th- so this is more towards me, I guess. But Steve, you you, you started off. Give well, me your Bobby Blues. Well, he, well, it's not just about Bobby Blues. He's asking us if there's been any changes to our opinions during the mm. break, and he's yeah. he's he's using Bobby Blues as his personal example. I mean, do you do you feel like you've shifted on anything in the time since uh, we <laughs> last were with everybody? I mean, I definitely used the break to to take a little break from the dead, just to give a, give us a little space so that I could come back and fully appreciate it. But I have been cramming on my dick specs for the last uh week or so and uh you know what i found myself liking was uh kind of moving in on your territory some of the bruce dead so i don't know it doesn't really count as like a specific bathroom break but you know i was going back to like that uh, uh was it dick's picks uh eight nine the the 1990 show yes that's uh, nine Dick's picks nine yeah and uh i was like i'm gonna skim this thing I know what this is about. I didn't really like it at the time. I feel like I was a little cold on it. I found myself uh, getting into it. I did skip Little Red Rooster, which was in the first set. But uh, yeah, I was, I was, I think I have a bit, maybe better speakers than I did back then and was really enjoying the, the lush Bruce piano. So uh, yeah, it's more of like a, an era bathroom break, I guess. But I'm, I'm kind of interested in digging into those uh, Bruce 90s and 91s. That's very early in the Bruce tenure. I think that was mm-hmm. maybe his eighth or ninth yeah, show, if I recall yeah, correctly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I remember from that album liking the Tennessee Jed from that from that uh, record. From all things, yeah. Was Bruce was bringing out some of that barrel house piano. It was very nice. Uh, I'm gonna echo Harvey here. I find myself being more and more amenable. To the Bobby Blues. I mean, I, I want to clear something up here too because I feel like people hear us talk and they don't really always discern differences in the sounds of our voices. So they sometimes think your opinions are mine or mine are yours. <laughs> I'm I'm way more positive towards blues rock than Rob. I am the blues rock uh, defender on here. I'm actually wearing you know this uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan <laughs> Texas Flood 1984 tour shirt. Very prized possession of mine um but along you know agreeing with harvey here i'm also uh more into like the little red roosters and the cc riders and that stuff from the late 80s early 90s when when bobby was doing a lot of that i mean the, the i think the main complaint about that stuff is that it always comes in the same spot it's always the third or fourth song in the first right. first set so the formulaic nature when you're dropping in the blues can make it a little stale, I think. But uh, like Harvey, I find myself enjoying that sweet, dulcet sound of the Bobby Slide. Uh, beautiful. And I also know that talking about this annoys Rob. So it has the double pleasure for me. But I, I, I legit enjoy it. I'm, it's not just this annoy Rob, but, uh, you know, that's just sort of like a nice side benefit of it. Just, I mean, to, to go, if, you, if, if people haven't heard my Our Dead and Company episode, just like one of my favorite moments of the run was just the joy in Steve's face watching me squirm when Bobby finally got to <laughs> the Bobby Blues moment on the second night. So, yeah, Beautiful. that was uh, certainly a highlight for, for both of us. Like, uh, yeah, the, so, the culmination of a lot. Yeah. So let's get into our draft here. Let's do it. The main event. You got the uh, coin. I got the coin here. Um, we got heads, skulls, tails, roses. I'll okay. let you call. All right. First pick. Call it in the air. Call it in the air. Skulls. It slipped off my hand, but I just see. <laughs> I'm, I'm an honest man. 
I'm an honest man. Yeah, it's Wait, a skull. We... All right. So you get the first pick. We got it. Okay. All right. So here's where we see how predictable I am. Uh, I think I know what you think I'm going to pick. Okay. And I'm going to go the same year, but maybe not the one that you thought I was going to go with. Okay. Well, now I know what you're going to say. Okay. Yeah. So in, in, the, in the sense of thinking about what are the four dicks picks I want to take with me to my remote island and never listen to anything else again, I'm going with Valumates. I'm going with Harper College. Uh, and is the, the the main reason is disc one. There's no other disc like it in the entire Dick's Big series. Uh, I love that acoustic disc, one of my favorite uh, sets in all of Dead history. And as a bonus, a very large bonus, you get that sort of like primal early dead, uh, sort of the last gasp of like the late 60s, really hard charging, intense, chaotic, Grateful Dead on the other two discs. So I, I love, I'm, I, you know, while I, the Dick's Picks 4 Dark Star is my one of my favorite pieces of music of all time, there's a lot of Dark Stars in the Dick's Picks series, so I'm going to leave that one on the table. Maybe you're going to poach it, we'll see. Uh, but I'm going to grab Dick's Picks 8 and take Harper College on my first pick. So, okay. But you were right. So you, so you, I thought you were going to take Dick's Picks 4. Yes, that's so, what I thought you thought I was going to yeah, take. So yes. I was prepared to take that. It would have been interesting if I had gotten the first pick because you would have taken eight anyway mm. uh so my, so my attempt to spite you would have failed uh so i'm glad i didn't win the win the toss now i'm going <laughs> in a different direction because okay so the the album i want to take first i don't think you're going to take it so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna use my first round pick on it i am going to take an album that i was on my top like four or five uh that i think you might want uh and that's uh dick's picks 12 mm. uh this is uh just this is for those who don't remember this is a this is 1974 it's uh june 26 74 in providence and june 28 74 at the boston garden um sort of a curated dicks picks it's not complete shows um here although uh i think you get a lot of the june 26th yeah um but but not a complete show but yeah i mean just fantastic you have that great uh, China Writer, where it starts with the jam, and then you go China, then you go Mind Body Left Jam, into I Know You Writer. Just fantastic. Uh, I remember loving The Eyes of the World on this record, and then you also get like the quote of Sea Stones, not the complete Sea Stones, but right. still you get a little bit of Sea Stones. Uh, there's an awesome weather report suite on disc three that goes into like a jam that's like a half hour long. Uh, just a fantastic record from my my favorite era of the grateful dead 73 74 so right. uh, that's gonna be my number one pick dick's yeah. picks 12 that's the real jammer's choice that of course is very high on my list too because you get all the theme jams too which is critical you get the feeling groovy jam you get the mind left body jam you get the spanish jam uh yeah i mean that it, it kills me that i'm now forbidden from listening to that for the rest of my life so i, th so I it, thought that would hurt you you got me steve well, you got well me right enriching there. me so I'm happy with that pick. Well, so the obvious thing to do here would be to grab Dick's Picks 4. But I'm not going to do that because I want to spread out a little bit here. I want to get a little bit of coverage of different dead eras. So at the risk of leaving it on the table for you to grab, uh, since you went for your 73-74, you went for what I would have picked from 73-74, I'm going to go ahead and like grab my 73-74. Uh, and I'm taking Dick's Picks 14 which is the two Boston shows, November 30th and December 2nd. So in the same sense that 
you know, Dix Picks 12 gives you a lot of big jams to chew on. It gives you, like, there's a couple repeats on that one, too, right? There's two Weather Report suites. I think there's two of another song and very different versions that you can compare and contrast. Dix Picks 14 has two amazing playing in the bands uh, that are extremely different. There's one that is very straightforward for sort of the 73 sound, and then there's one that is just, like, crazy space, almost Sonic Youthy avant-garde noise and i just love hearing both of those and you get you know all the great stuff that you get from a 1973 grateful dead concert uh and i i kind of like these you know um as i was going back through the series i kind of like the ones that pulled highlights rather than giving uh complete shows i found myself enjoying sort of the compilation sets a little more almost went with dick's pick seven which is those london 74 shows which is also a great compilation from this era but the more I thought about it, the more I was going to go for 14 as my representative this era if I couldn't get 12. So, because um, the picks that I have on the board here, I'm, I'm, I'm like the, the one I would in my heart want to take next, I feel like you're not going to take it. So, I don't want to burn that one yet. Uh, right. um, but we only get four. Yeah. And there's other ones that I, you know, I, that I want to hear, you know, okay, I'm just going to go with my heart. This is actually my favorite Dick's Picks, uh, and it's a sentimental favorite because it's the first one I ever got. It's also the first one that there ever was, Dick's Picks 1. <clears throat> uh, and uh, I love this one. This is, of course, 1973. It's December 19th, 1973, down in Florida. Uh, here comes... Sunshine, uh, that's still my my favorite version of that song from Dick's Picks 1. The He's Gone is maybe my favorite one of that. Uh, I was re- I was revisiting this record over the weekend, you know, getting ready to talk about it, and just feeling blown away by Keith Godshow on this album. I feel like he does so many beautiful things. We talked about this in our first episode. There's a little piano lick that he plays in He's Gone that I've never heard him do in any other... Uh, He's gone, and not saying he, you know, maybe I just haven't heard it yet, but uh, there's this little lick that he does. It's so beautiful, and I love it. Um, and this is just one of those albums that, uh, you know, when it's springtime and it's the first day that you can open your car windows because it's sunny out, this is one of those albums I want to play. Yeah. I want to play, you know, Here Comes Sunshine. Just hear that kind of beautiful jangly open. I just love like how this is like a little bit more lo-fi, I think, than a lot of the Dix picks that we heard subsequent subsequently to this. Sure. Um, and I really like that aspect of it. Uh, so I don't know. I don't hear this come up. Like we, you know, we were asking people on Twitter, like, what's your favorite Dix picks? I didn't see anyone say one. And I just feel like, oh, maybe it's too obvious for people because it's the first one. But uh, I don't know. I love it. And it is I think still my favorite 73 of the ones we've covered so far, I should say, because our season premiere coming out April, is it April 10th? April 11th, I believe. April 11th. Yeah. We're doing a Dick's Picks 28, which is also 73, and we don't want to spoil that, but um, I think we can say that's that's a heater. That album's a heater. Yeah. No spoilers, but uh, we like it. Yeah, we like 1973 does. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no, sus- <laughs> there's no suspense there. We don't need to like decoy 
about yeah. liking a 73 dicks picks. But uh, I will, I won't say yet if that takes the 73 crown thus far right. in the dicks pick series, but it is a very strong contender. I'll say that for now. Got it. Got it. It's got that here comes sunshine, which every time I go back through the dicks pick series, I'm like the first track of the entire series. Yeah. Might be one of the best moments of the entire series. Absolutely, it's up there, right? It's a, that's a big reason why I'm picking it. That's not yeah. a song that's come up very often. No, uh, you know, which is insane to me because it's such a beautiful song. You know, meanwhile, well, we won't complain about Jed yet, but you know, there's certain songs that we hear all the time, uh, and that's one we don't hear. And maybe that's also a reason why I love it because it seems a little more precious in that regard. Yeah. So. What is your next pick? So I'm going to keep it early in the series. I'm going to keep it in Florida. And I'm also going to go with one of the first ones that I ever bought in my young days as a deadhead. I'm going to go with Dick's Picks Volume 3. Mm. May 77, May 22nd at the Hollywood Sportatorium. Oh. One, of our, one of our favorite venues. Maybe uh, the best. Maybe, maybe the, best. the best we've come across. Yeah, Maybe the best worst. Right. It's definitely the best worst. It had one of the best stories, I think, when we dug into the venue history, for sure. It sounds like just an awful place to see a show, but in a way that you kind of want, like a nice 70s rock show to be sweaty and awful and overcrowded and sounds terrible. Dix uh, Fix 3 does not sound terrible, though. I feel like maybe we even underrated it when we did it. I think early on in our run, maybe, you know, we were, you know, being sassy boys and sort of, you know, trying to be like, you know, we're... We like the dead, but we also we're, we're going to be critical about some things. And, you know, we, we we talked about, you know, May 77 maybe being overrated. There's a lot of shows released from May 77. We talked about how, you know, other eras of the dead should be, you know, held up to that esteem. Uh, but I, I think maybe I'm, I'm circling back a little bit that I'm, I'm starting to get back into May 77. And I like what I like about it is not what I liked about it. I think originally what I like about this volume is how sleazy it is. And we talked about this when we did yeah. the episode, but it, it is just like dripping with like Coke sweat. Uh, and I kind of love having that element of the dead here on my shelf as I'm assembling, uh, you know, my, my desert Island dicks picks. Uh, and there's just highlights throughout this show that I love coming back to the sugary is incredible. Uh, you get a great help slip Frank which is not something you get on a ton of text picks. Uh, you get uh, an estimated eyes, classic estimated eyes from this era. And you get that really weird run in the second disc, the second set of Jerry songs where you get estimated eyes, Warfrat, and then the weird sort of like second half of Terrapin that they didn't like a weird segue that they didn't do very often, uh, you know, going into morning Dew. So you just get this run of five Jerry songs in a row no offense to Bob, but it's like a beautiful, unique moment in dead history that maybe we didn't even do justice back in the you know early days of our podcast. But I want to, I want to keep that. I want to put this one uh, in my pantheon. Yeah, you know, I feel like when people complain about our show, it's that episode. That's the that's the most complaints I've heard that we weren't uh, nice enough to Dick's Picks Three. Mm. And I'll just say, like, I I think it's a really strong record. Um, 77 is like not my favorite year still. I just think I'm, I'm a little sick of 77. I feel like I've heard it so much, especially May 77. Mm. Uh, those are Dave's picks. The most recent Dave's picks, I think might be like the last show from May that like wasn't released. It's like May 26, 77 in Baltimore. Um, 
I remember downloading that show for one of our episodes because it was like it was one of the only, if not the only, show that hadn't been released. So now everything <laughs> from May of '77 has been released. And look, they they sound great in that era, but you know. I'm not as excited to revisit that year just because I've heard so much of it. I, I tend to get more excited about listening to the nineties, for instance, right. um, than 77. I will say too, that uh, they play ice too fast in 1977. That, that, that's a complaint I've made numerous <laughs> times. Yeah. They just play too fast. It's a little too fast for me. The cokiness, I think it's a little overwhelming. On yeah. that song. You need a more gentle groove with eyes. They played yeah. a little too fast for me in 77. But, and I will but, say that I like that this is one that cuts it down to just two discs. So you're not getting the right. full show. I feel like that's just the amount of Sleazy Dead that I need. I do not need all three hours. I do not need maybe six discs of May 77, hypothetically. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that soon. Is Dancing in the Street on that record? Do they do uh, Dancing? Yes, okay. Is, yeah. The disco-y Dancing in the Streets I always really like. <laughs> I, like Bob and Donna singing together on that. So it's is pretty cool. Uh, so for my third pick, got to give it up. Speaking of 90s dead, speaking of Hornsby, got to go with Dick's pick 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, just one of the, this is um, from September of 91. Um, I believe the only 1991 show in the entire Dick's pick series, even, you know, looking ahead here. Um it's uh, September 25th, 1991 at the Boston Garden. I remember when we did that episode that we actually listened to other shows around that show because <laughs> they did quite a lengthy run there in Boston. And we did that thing that's annoying where we're saying, oh, you should put this other show from that time. You know, there are other gigs that were really great. But um, I love the show. You, you mentioned Help Slip Frank. Uh, that's uh, that's on this uh, disc as well. Um I love that they uh, go into that would be something by Paul McCartney, like from the Bowl of Cherries record. Yeah, uh, it's like a pretty cool kind of like random cover. I don't know how often they played that. I mean, it's certainly the only instance of that song appearing on a Dick's Picks. Um, there's a bonus track of uh, Eyes of the World uh, from six months prior, uh, show in Greensboro, March 31st, 1991. Uh, 23 minute version which is among my favorite versions of eyes of the world. I love what Bruce Hornsby's doing on that. He's really ripping off some just beautiful piano solos along with, of course, the multiple beautiful Jerry Garcia guitar solos uh, in that song. Uh, But again, you know, as I've said many a time uh, on the show, I love 1991. I'm a big 91 fan. So I have to grab the one 91 show, uh, in the series, and if I correct me if I'm wrong, but like there's a there's no 90s coming up for us, right? No, yeah, one eighty is left, and then the rest is in the 70s, I believe. A little disappointing. I, I would have liked to have heard a little bit more Brent, you know, a lot more Brent actually. <laughs> Love 70s, but again, you know, the, the thing I'll say in defense of the 90s is that, um, you know, they're drawing from like a bit wider range of material. Right. You know, they're covering a wider range of songs. Uh, they obviously have this huge catalog. You know, if you're listening to a lot of 70s shows, you know, they tend to play a lot of the same songs. So that would be maybe one negative. Of course, the songs they're playing are amazing. But uh, I don't know. I love Dick's Pick 17. 
I figured there was no danger of you taking this one. <laughs> but that's okay. I love this. I love this record. Right. Yeah, it did not make my uh, top 10 that I prepared here. Uh, all right. So I'll, I'm in a tough spot here. Because do I take Dick's Picks 4, which has fallen? It's one of those prospects that falls so far, becomes like a high value pick. But then I've got two Dick's Picks from, you know, three months apart. Uh, I mean, I feel a little bit bad that I'm only within the 70s. But I do not think there are any 80s or 90s Dick's Picks that rose to the level that I was going to pick them. So... I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna swerve, though. I'm gonna leave Dick's Picks four on the table. Maybe you'll grab it here in the last pick. Uh, instead, I'm gonna go with Dick's Picks eleven. Ooh. I'm gonna take September twenty seventh, nineteen seventy two, from Jersey City, New York. Uh, I'm trading Dark Star for Dark Star here. There's an incredible Dark Star in Dick's Picks eleven. Those September seventy two Dark Stars are amazing. We're about to hear Dick's favorite of all time in the you know the ultimate finale episode of the season. Uh, but for now, what we got to pull from, I'm going to take September 72, which is an era that I'm really fascinated with as we're going through this, because the band's kind of got one foot in these early 70s, uh, you know, the American Beauty, Working Man's Dead material up through the Europe 72 stuff. But then they've already got a foot in the 73, 74 sound, which we both adore. And I love those transitional periods for the dead. Uh, Dick's Picks 11 has just got a lot to dig into. I was kind of thinking you might pick Dick's Picks 11, and if you did, I was thinking about picking Dick's Picks 23 as a compliment, which has got that really long, 40-minute long, the other one, uh, to dig into. You you stole my beloved Dick's Picks 12 with all the jams, so Dick's Picks 23 was tempting, but I think I'll stick with 11. I'm going with 11 for my final pick. I'm leaving four for you on a platter, if you would like it. See, I had, I had this on my short list, but I it was leaning towards 23. I okay. was taking 23, I think over 11, but obviously they're both fantastic. Is uh, Dick's picks 11. Is that where the dark star goes into being my uncle? I believe it, it goes into Cumberland blues, right? Cumberland blues. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which is like an insane segue. It doesn't seem yeah. like that would work at all. And it's it actually, right. yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, yeah. like, it's such a surprising, cause you kind of expect it to go into like a morning dew or, you know, or, Maybe like a not fade away, or you know, a more traditional second half coming out of Dark Star type thing, and then they go into Cumberland Blues, right. this upbeat, more of like a first set song, and it, it just shreds. It, I love it. it. Great. I love it. There's a great so, bird song in that show. There's ooh, another another awesome right. China writer. It's a good uh, one. It's got it's got great great balance of songs and jams. It's just it's a really it's a it's a special time. So, um. I've got uh, three albums left here on my short list, and I got one spot. I got Dick's Picks 4, I got Dick's Picks 19, mm-hmm. and I've got Dick's Picks 22. And I'm going to DQ Dick's Picks 19, which hurts my heart because I love that one. That's from <laughs> 73, Oklahoma right. City. I would actually – I think you took Dick's Picks 14. Mm-hmm. I would take 19 over 14. I, I love 19. There's actually uh, – the dark star on that record – is uh, among my favorite. You know, I, I love Dark Stars from 73, the jazzy, more mellow, exploratory, you know, as opposed to like maybe like a late 60s, more hard charging, you know, like Live Dead style Dark Star. Yes. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be talking about that in our season premiere episode when we get to Dick's Picks 28. So I've always loved 19. 
Uh, it hurts my heart not to do it, but I already have a 73 show, so I'm going to DQ that one. So we get down to Dick's Picks 4 and Dick's Picks 22. For those who don't remember, Dick's Picks 22, this is 1968. Uh, they're in... Uh, uh, it's in Florida. It's at, oh, I'm sorry. No, no it's at Kings Beach, like, California. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kings Beach, California. And... Um, that was the second Dick's Picks I ever owned, actually. So that also has a lot of sentimental value for me. But then you have Dick's Picks 4. Of course, you've got the mind-blowing Dark Star. You have the amazing other one, both of which are a half hour long. I mean, you have just an hour of amazing Grateful Dead music on top of so many other amazing songs on there. But I'm going to take Dick's Picks 22. Right. Uh, just because I like the idea of having a 60 show on here. And this is like Primal Dead. This is like just shredding the entire time. Very, <laughs> you know, hard charging. I mean, the opposite of 73. Right. You know, uh, they still have a bit of that garage rock thing going on, but they're also, you know, playing things like Viola Lee Blues, which is like the first song on the record, just starting out like this 20 minute song that's like pedal to the metal the entire time. Uh, just, just like a fuzzy dirty guitar tone like jerry is just playing his ass off you know no restraint he's a young man he's on fire the rhythm section on this record is unbelievable they sound incredible just smoking hot uh the 11 you know which appears on both discs of this record big it's as I, I don't know if they were just like mainlining trucker speed while they were playing these shows. I mean, there's, they're just so like on it and hot and, you know, it's not as nuanced as later dead, you know, again, they're young, it's pedal to the metal, but I love the brutality of this record. Right. I love the primalness of this record. So, and this, it's so different from the other Dick's picks I picked. So like when I'm on my Island, listening to the dead and if i've if i've been drinking whiskey for a few hours and i want to kick ass i'm gonna need some kick-ass music so right. that's why i'm taking dick's picks 22 yeah that's great pick. pick i have that on my short list and i think you did a better job of sort of spreading out even though you picked two 73 74 shows you get you got the stylistic spread with the early and the late on top of that uh a couple that i am, am was very close to picking Dick's Picks 18, that early 78 show. Uh, another one that is a little bit sleazy, a little bit like, uh, you know, a little bit uh, powdery, let's say, uh, but has a great Scarlet Fire. Uh, it has a, a really aw- the awesome Samson and Delilah where Bob's mic doesn't work, so they just like rage for five minutes. Uh, so that one came close. Dick's Picks 2. I love Dick's Picks 2. I love a single disc, Dick's Picks. Uh, just gets it, gets it nice and tight little Reader's Digest version of Dick's Picks. Uh, and then that November 69 show in, in San Francisco, which is sort of like an alternate Live Dead. Uh, I had to consider that one as well. So it's tough, man. I wanted to do, uh, so the fans know, I wanted to do draft all 27 or 26 of the 27, then leave one kid on the playground that wasn't picked. Uh, but Steve rightly uh, put his foot down and said, we're not going to do three hours of Grateful Dead drafting here on the first night of rehearsals. So I yeah, the, these are bite-sized episodes. We don't, <laughs> exactly. we, we don't need to throw ourselves or our listeners into the deep end. And, you know, we're going to be back tomorrow with another episode. So I think we did good. I think this was a good first rehearsal. 
It's good. I'm, uh, I'm feeling warm. I'm feeling limber. Do we need to do another shout out to Skull and Roses, our our, our sponsor? Let's give them another one since they are uh, paying the bills for us to be here. So Skull and Roses, April yes. 7th and 10th. Yes. Phil, Lesh, Oteal. See if they maybe have like a beat it style fight on stage. <laughs> right. Night fight. Battle of the Grateful Dead bass players. That could be amazing. You got, you got Dark Star Orchestra. Who else you have there? I can't remember. There's so much good music there. If yeah, you're into the Grateful like Dead. Dark Star Orchestra is going to be there, but also some of the Dark Star Orchestra people are playing in a band called Reckoning. Interesting group of people. Ooh. You got Rob Eaton, you got uh, John Kalatsik, the original Dark Star Orchestra guitarist who sort of graduated. I don't know how you want to, was promoted up to the big leagues in the further days. Uh, Rob Baracco is playing with them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's a long lineup. You got to go on the skullandroses.com and check it out. There's this, have you heard of this Steely Dead band that does Steely Dan yes. and Grateful Dead covers? Yes. Uh, they're, they're on this bill. I've always been fascinated to hear that because it sounds like oil and water to me. But they must make it work somehow. So. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I think, uh, especially if you're leaning on like 80s Dead, I could see 80s Dead and uh, Steely Dan. And, you know, look, the Dead have a jazz rock side to them. That's true. Um, and I know Donald Fagan has talked about liking the Grateful Dead. So, yeah, I don't, I, and I definitely feel like now the circles of people who like Steely Dan and the people who like the dead, it, there's more interaction now, I feel like, than there would have been maybe 30 or 40 years ago. Well, this, this sounds like a topic we could spend another uh, 38 minutes on. So <laughs> we'll, 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 I know I love both. We'll put fans. a pin in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, anyway, thank you all for listening. And uh, we will be back tomorrow again at 9 Eastern, which we don't care about Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. That's right. The real American time zone. The true time zone. And uh, so come back tomorrow. We'll hang out some more. And uh, thanks for listening to us rehearse. We promise we'll get it just exactly perfect tomorrow. That's right. Just exactly perfect, brothers. See you tomorrow. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian McKay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. 
I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.